It's on. <laughs> All right. That was more. That was a lot more well executed than I thought it would be. This that is the covert show. And if you were thinking both of us just cracked open a cold one, you would be correct. Here for episode Ooh. 23, JC and Nick back with you here on the covert show. We're. We're excited. Got some good news. Got some less than good news. But, you know, Nick, it's uh, another day, another uh, – when it comes to this MLB thing, it's getting to the oh. point where it's a boy that cried wolf situation, how I see it at least. I mean, another day of everybody goes in, ooh, we're all optimistic for this, and then another day where you come out and, oh, look, we canceled another week of the season – kind of unfortunately predictable the sides are just way too far apart still and now we're two weeks canceled in the regular season it's this has been going on for like three months now and i think everybody's just kind of fed up with it and i do agree with you because we talked about it even before the show when we go down our usual rabbit hole but it's just like you expect there to be like change but you obviously know that there's not going to be change and it's just it's kind of upsetting because now as updated on espn here major league baseball uh canceled the second week of the regular season and that was after wednesday's discussions and so it's like at what point here is opening day going to at least be hopefully decided or at what point are players just gonna not play because i feel like this is now more on the players to say okay if you aren't going to like pay us or you aren't going to help your organization, then we won't help you make any money and everybody's at a loss, which would really hurt minor league guys, especially because if they can't play or if their their other guys aren't playing right now, it will well help and hurt them, I should say, because some guys might get pulled up. But at the same time, they're not going to get paid squat. So that is an interesting point. I haven't uh, kept up with the minor league side of it. So if the regular season for the MLB is Dunsky at some point, which, I mean, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. Is Minor league sad. still goes. It's, I understand it, or is everything just shut down at that point through and through? I think if you, like, this is really sad to say, but I think that if you shut down the big professional side of it, like if you shut down just Major League Baseball, I think you would shut down minor league baseball as well, because I feel like a lot of the guys, it's like they, well, they won't be playing for a spot. They'll basically just be playing to kind of get more reps in, which is great. Like numbers get up, everything like that. But some guys might say, well, this is kind of BS. Like it's going to be just kind of a shit year and we're not going to have anything to play for. Like we won't get pulled up yet because all the guys that would either be struggling or succeeding aren't playing right now to, to substitute a spot for or trades aren't happening and everything like that. So, I mean, I think if you canceled Major League, you would have to cancel Minor League. See, I was on the other side of that. I mean, this would be a – and I realize Minor League Baseball is, you know, the same – in the same group as MLB. But you would think this is the MLB – or the Minor League Baseball is time to shine. I mean, a lot of people are paying yeah. more attention to college baseball now. Uh, you know, summer league baseball is going to get a lot more attention now too. Uh, various leagues across the U.S. But you would maybe you're you're probably right, and they just shut it down because the MLB doesn't seem to really care what anybody thinks at this point because they don't hardly move on any of these negotiations. But you would have thought that at least 
from the mindset of, hey, this is their time to shine if the MLB does end up getting canceled. And, I mean, we're already to April 15th with a new round of cancellations of what would be the new opening day, if you will. Obviously, that's not confirmed. And if and I said it, I think, two last podcast, two podcasts ago, that if we have baseball by June, that's going to be a pleasant surprise for me. I mean, oh, yeah. I think most people have already written off April, unfortunately. And, I mean, I know that you're probably a bigger baseball fan than I am because you played baseball collegiately. But, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many people that are, you know, baseball fans that have, I think, have written off April. And the, and today's just another example of why. I mean. I'd agree with that, at, yeah. At some point you've got to meet in the middle. I mean, I, and I, to me right now, there is no middle with that. Cause I mean, if the players association is still trying to fight with this and, um, Manfred's just going to say, well, no, we can't afford to pay this. We all know that there's a way to be able to pay this. And we know how much the major league, I looked at it the other day. They only make $2 billion less per year annually or last year. They did at least, they made $2 million less than the NFL or billion. I think it was, but um, you have the money to be able to pay these guys. And, like, all these league owners or these team owners, they are loaded. Yeah. So there's there's ways to pay these guys. I think they're just being stubborn trying to hold out. And if, if April goes away, then I think a lot more people are going to be superstitious on how this is going to go down. And I think a lot more people are going to boycott um, another professional sport. It does put it in a precarious spot. I mean, you know, you look at this month of March. I mean, it should be minor or uh, uh, preseason baseball, spring training. That's what I was mm-hmm. fishing for there. It took me a minute. But uh, we should be talking spring training baseball right now. And, I mean, I think to some degree the MLB can get away with what they're doing now because you've got – and we're going to talk about a lot of this coming up. You've got NCAA basketball – You've got March Madness around the corner. You've got all these things in March that already trumped baseball, already trumped spring training baseball. And once you get into April, you know, that's where people like you and I are, you know, we're counting down the days to opening day. You're counting down the days, in my case, when you can start watching Toronto Blue Jays baseball again. You know, it's it's something that... It's a tough watch at times. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, at least in recent memories, you know, you know, (laughs) but I mean, you, this is one of the top sporting holidays. We'll say, at least for me, as we've talked about it before, but March Madness is one that opening weekend is tough to beat for sports in general, MLB playoffs, MLB opening day, or you're at least for me are the top three and two of those three right now are teetering on not happening. I mean, the playoffs, uh, and this is one of the bargaining chips now, is 14 versus 12 teams. I don't don't like that necessarily, which, I mean, anybody listening, and you might be thinking of this too, is, oh, Jonathan, but the Blue Jays never make the playoffs anyway. I mean, but with 14 teams, it waters it down. So... I yeah, mean, I would agree with that. There's so much frustrating about the MLB, but, you know, looking at it right now, Toronto, uh, to review what Toronto has gotten canceled so far, and 
you know, I don't feel like going through every team of what they got canceled. So we go through Toronto's because that's my team. They opened up with a three-game series at Baltimore, March 31st through the 3rd of April, gone. Three-game homestand against the Rays, 4th through the 6th, gone. And then the new set of cancellations, another seven games. Uh, 8th through the 10th, they hosted the Rangers, that's gone. And then a four-game series uh, against the Yankees, April 11th through the 14th, excuse me, is gone. That bums me out which is really weird to say as a Blue Jays fan, but the Yankees and Blue Jays series is getting to the point where it's watchable again. I mean, oh, there yeah. for a long time, it was bad. I mean, going to New York, you might as well just say, hey, might as well just ship the Blue Jays the L right <laughs> now because that's what's going to happen. But with this team, in theory, that would be coming into this year, it, it should have been a fun series. But uh, now opening series – we can almost clip all these together as we go podcast by podcast of when the opening series is supposed to be. But uh, April 15th through the 17th, hosting the Athletics. So there you go. If there's any other Blue Jays fans that watch this, there you go. <laughs> That's just – it's it's crazy to think about. Because, like, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, the Cubs are a little rocky, but I'll, I'll sit down and watch a Cubs baseball game all day long. But it's just – I don't know, man. It's as a true baseball fan, as a guy that's grown up around the game. I mean, this, this sucks sitting here watching guys get just their legs cut out from underneath them that are grinding their way to try to get to a spot in the majors, um, seeing their organizations not want to be able to back them up and just seeing that adults. And it's the same thing that's going on in the real world. Adults just can't make decisions right now. And I mean, not saying that teenagers and like, we sometimes can't really make the right decision, but I mean, you guys can't sit down and find a good deal that would help everybody out in this league. Like, come on now. Well, you're just, you're, you're being toddlers about all this. The biggest thing that this whole thing to me, it, it amazes me. And now granted, I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of life experience on my own. I don't have a lot of deal making experience. You know, you can go down the list of things that I don't have, but for an organization, as teetering on unpopular throughout the last five years as MLB has been. You know, you try to knee-jerk react to fans that don't want to watch and frankly mm -hmm. won't watch with all these cutesy rule changes that are stupid. I mean... Increasing the base size? Yeah. But um, it's... You're cutting minor league which is what feeds the major league system it's yep. something i've talked to people about from the very start of this is how did who thought this was going to work i mean you thought the mlb players association is going to sit down and go oh yeah that's great let's just cut everything that's you know that is feeding this system it's yeah. like the and nfl I mean it's like the nfl going and cutting college football Exactly. Like that's not going to happen. What are you doing? What What are you thinking? It's It's not smart at all. Because I mean, you got well, and th this is the bad part too. Is you have the MLB draft that comes through, and you have so many rounds, kind of like the NFL draft. But you got guys that are getting drafted out of high school that are choosing not to go to college to play sports, uh, to play a professional sport. And now their entire season won't happen, and they're sitting back looking at themselves like, oh, shit, like what 
Can we like, and they still probably can't get jobs because their teams are probably still practicing or they're still having to go through conditioning. So, I mean, they're still probably struggling to try to balance out that schedule. You got guys that are anywhere from 18 to 25 who need to be able to pay rent, who need to be able to afford groceries and food. And granted, they all have roommates that they live with or they live with host families. Or if they came from wealthy families and their parents decided to kind of help them out with money, then that you got a little help there. But, I mean, you got guys that are even in the minors that are like almost 30 or even 30 plus that have been getting traded down up. So, and looking at retirement going, well, I might as well just quit now because if there's no way that we get to play. So you're right. They're, they're basically trying to call the entire minor league system of the guys that don't really want to play. But at the same time, you're going to lose some really good ball players that could have either get traded or make your team a lot of money because they just are breakout stars. Harrison Bader is a great example. I mean, Harrison Bader broke his, was just breaking through the minor leagues and he got up there. Jake Myers, a local Omaha guy, he made it all the way to the Astros and he was a big contributor for a couple of weeks towards the end of the season. And then he was huge when it came into the World Series before he got hurt. And that is a key right there that is uh, one of the things that's great about, you know, any sport you're going to see it in March Madness these people that you don't see in the regular season that all of a sudden are the hero in the playoffs and they're the most unexpected person majority of the time I mean you're going to have obviously your big names are going to get it done in the playoffs but it always seems like there's at least one person that you didn't uh you didn't see coming per se and I mean that's going to be a lot of these, you know, minor leaguers, like you were saying, that get pulled up. I mean, you're going to lose that, which sucks by itself. Oh, yeah. But that's that's kind of all. That's my two cents without having to repeat myself. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a it's a yeah, we did situation. a whole podcast about it, you know, last one. So if you really want to hear what we think, <laughs> go to that, because, I mean. We can go a whole nother 40 minutes about why this is stupid and why we shouldn't be uh, talking about it. But anyway, Blue Jays lose a four-game series with the Yankees and a three-game series with the Rangers. I still, like I've said in this podcast and the last one, uh, if if they get it done and it's uh, May first uh, uh, opening day, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I, I mean... Yeah. You kind of open the can of worms of where I think it'll start is like June. You know, how does your season unfold if you cut two months of the year out? But, you know, well, I guess we'll I guess we'll cross we'll that bridge out. if we get there. Maybe when we get there, you know, it's um, it's it's I guess it is what it is. And on that I'm note, have, I'm. I'm literally going to have a – if there's an opening day, no matter what day it is, I'm going to have, like, a celebration. Like, I'm going to watch as much baseball as possible because, <laughs> hell, they might lock it back out in the middle of the season because somebody <laughs> doesn't like what they're getting paid. But I'm going to watch as much – like, I almost might throw a freaking party, dude. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Watch the Blue Jays beat up whoever they're playing. Cause they yes, are, sir. They're, I still say, you know – they're going to the, they're gonna gonna make a World Series and now you know I last year I said in the next five years so now in the next four years I think they've got the talent to get to one it's just gonna come down to pitching and it's gonna come down to if they even have a season so yep uh, Cubs and, are looking to rebuild as well they've got a good lineup coming back with some guys they just got to work through it and they need to build a little bit of a bullpen behind Marcus Stroman so good old Stroman yep. 
So, yeah, and on that note, switching to a thing that you do an entire podcast about, we're talking about oh. some D1 baseball, a higher note, if you will. I'm looking at a scoreboard of top 25. I don't follow a D1 baseball horribly close, but uh, some scores to talk about uh, from today. Gonzaga, number 25, knocked off Missouri 10-5. Clemson beat Michigan State 4-2. Clemson, number 19. Uh, unfortunately, a few weather games got moved as Georgetown, North Carolina, Jacksonville, Florida, and Maryland VCU all got moved. Uh, good battle of top 25 teams. Uh, number 17, Texas Tech beat number 23, Mississippi State 7-2. Georgia. And they, they split from yesterday because Mississippi State won 11-5 yesterday. Good battle. They, they've been, oh, it's been huge. Good battle of top 23 teams. Georgia, number 20, beat Georgia Southern 5-1. Ole Miss clobbers Alcorn State, number 2 Ole Miss 16-1. LSU beat McNeese 6-3. LSU, number 12. Uh, number 10, Tennessee beat James Madison 10-2. Number 18, Tulane got smoked by Southern Mississippi 7-2. And how about this one? Texas State over Ooh. number one, Texas 6-4. That, that's a killer. A, uh, final score and, uh, yeah, bit of an interesting one there for sure. Yesterday, Texas barely held off the Wildcats of Texas State. They ended up losing um, – Eight to nine after a huge grand slam from a freshman off one of the top relief arms in the country. Um, but one of Texas's big bats by the name of Ivan Melendez. Now he has a nickname. It is all on Twitter. Texas baseball started at first, but everybody keeps going. His nickname is the Hispanic Titanic. Wow. Dude, he hits nukes. I mean, this <laughs> he hit a he hit a ball at Minute Maid that um, if the dome wasn't closed. It would have went almost as far as Jorge Soler's ball. Wow. I mean, he destroyed this ball. He's got a bunch of home. I think he's got almost eight home runs on the air for Texas so far. But, yeah, they they hit a struggle bus with this Texas State team. And the Texas State's been kind of a team that they've struggled with a little bit in the past. Um, but I'm sure they'll get back onto it. They had a big week where they had some key wins over some top 25 teams, including both Tennessee and LSU. Clemson continued their win streak. They're now on a 13-game win streak, and they should move up into the top 25 a little bit farther. Gonzaga's continuing their run as well. And then we talked about this because some of the games that we talked about coming up on the podcast that you can find um, on YouTube, it is no place like Omaha. That's what we call ourselves. There's a big game going on this week, uh, and that's Clemson, number 19. They're hosting Northeastern. And the Huskies just came off a clean sweep against, at the time, it was the number eight team in the country, NC State. And they start ACC play against Notre Dame, and that's 22 NC State versus nine Notre Dame for the weekend. And then another great team to watch right now, they've got the nation's leading home run leader, who I believe has 11 home runs in just as many games. The Liberty Flames take on the Campbell Fighting Camels this weekend, so that'll be a a good key game for me to watch as well. Shout out to the Fighting Camels. That's now two in a <laughs> row that we've talked about the uh, Campbell Fighting Camels. Um, yes, sir. Looking at some of the other games, and we'll talk about the lopsided ones. I don't know how much your podcast talks about them, but baseball is one of those games, and it's any sport, I guess, but it always amazes me when teams put up, you know, 15, 18, 20, 24 runs, 
you know, calling high school sports, I've seen it. But, you know, it's a whole uh-huh. different ball game getting to the college level. Here's some of those scores. UCF beat Florida A&M 18-4. to uh, Wake Forest over George Mason 14-2. Uh, George Washington beat Coppin State. Coppin State? Coppin State 13-5. Uh, Pittsburgh beat High Point 15-5. Uh, what else do we got here? Troy beat Jacksonville State 14-6. Kansas beat Charleston Southern 13-1. Nebraska lost to Kansas State, side note there, at 6-4. Uh, uh, the, here you go, Longwood. This is Big South baseball. Longwood beat St. Peter's 24-1. West Carolina beat Presbyterian 15-2. Uh, let's see. Indiana beat Purdue Fort Wayne 12 to two. There you go. Big one there. Louisiana tech Tennessee. over Southeastern Louisiana, 13, one Tennessee over James Madison, the 10th ranked volunteers, 10 to two fun fact. We talked about this on our podcast. Um, Tennessee volunteers a couple of weeks ago, they played Iona. They scored 80 runs in a weekend and only allowed, I think it was five, but they outscored opponents. 117 to 7 within the first two weeks of baseball. What was which team was this again? Tennessee? The Tennessee Volunteers. They're ranked 10th in the country. They've got a guy who throws 104 miles an hour, looks like DeGrom. I mean, they they have just an absolute offense. They return the same basically the same offense that they had in last year's uh, College World Series appearance. So they're looking to make another big run. They're kind of going to be one of the main dominant teams in the uh, in the SEC, but they do have to get through Arkansas, Ole Miss, Vandy, LSU, Florida per usual. So, I mean, the SEC getting back to being super, super stacked again. So in that time you were talking about that, I've been able to look at the scores for this game. We'll jump into a little bit of a closer look. So this is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one game each day. Friday beating Iona 27-1. to uh, that score, nine-inning game. I'm amazed it's a nine-inning game. Mercy rule must not be a thing. Uh, <laughs> they scored – Tennessee scores eight in the second. They score nine between the fourth and fifth, and then they only score six across the final three innings, but 12-1 to one after two on that Friday game. 29 Zippo on Saturday. <laughs> uh. Two nothing after two. Then they scored three in the third, five in the fourth, four in the fifth, seven in the sixth, six in the seventh, and then two in the eighth to win twenty nine nothing, and then twelve to two in seven innings. Uh, they score seven in the first two innings or eleven in the first three if you prefer. But boy, what a weekend of baseball right there! I mean. I don't know anything about Iona, but based on what we're seeing, they're probably not very good. Well, so far, they're a big goose egg on the season. They're 0-9. They've got three losses with 20-plus runs, and they've only scored one run in all three of those losses. They've got a lost, or they lost their first three games to Old Dominion. Two of those games, one of them, the second game of the series was 24 to nothing. Second game was 19 to 1. They lost to Tennessee. They got creamed. We talked about those scores. Their closest game so far of the year was that first four to two game. Otherwise, they've gotten either eight plus runs scored on them in every single other game. 
and you know, I can speak to this of seeing, like I said, various high school teams that get thumped. I mean, we called one. <laughs> we sure did. I'm not naming names. Not, We're not, not, naming, not names, naming names. But we but called one. We we've called one. I called several last <laughs> summer. But you know, the thing about it is, there's a certain point in all these games. And, you know, maybe if you're on the right side of it, I guess maybe it's fun. But I think even to a certain extent, 29 nothing's fun for, like, the first three innings. You know, when you score, like, 12 runs in the first three innings, you're like, yeah. And then you get to a certain point where it's like, this game's been decided for three innings now, and we have to still oh, play yeah. six innings after it. And for the team that's losing it, I mean, typically your pitching isn't, you know – Oh, they're getting down to the nitty-gritty bullpen. So, and yeah, if you do use your bullpen, say in game one against Tennessee where you give up 27 runs, I mean, you've got nothing the rest of the weekend. So it's oh, yeah, a it's a tough situation. I mean, you know, hopefully yeah, their, Iona their gets ERAs it. Their were bad. Well, I can imagine. Hopefully Iona gets it turned around. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a rough one to see. Coming up for Tennessee completely, you know, uh, this weekend is a um, three-game series against Rhode Island. Yeah. Doubleheader on Friday and a single game on Sunday. So there you go. If you're uh, you're into the old college baseball realm, you talked about a couple games there uh, before we went on this spiel about Tennessee, but is there anything on the weekend that's the must-see games of the week or the weekend that you're seeing heading into this coming weekend? Um, There's only a couple of conferences that are start, like big Power 5 conferences that are starting to play. Um, the ACC, like we talked about uh, earlier, North Carolina State, number 22, they got Notre Dame for a three-game series. That's in Raleigh, North Carolina. So the Wolfpack are trying to look to bounce back on track. They've dropped four straight games. Um, Northeastern Clemson, Northeastern gave NC State a massive just headache the entire weekend after getting a full sweep. And they've got Clemson, who's one of the hottest, if not the hottest teams in the country in the Tigers. And that is in Clemson, South Carolina. But the Northeastern Huskies, they had a really good weekend. So I'll be excited to see if they can kind of continue themselves or not. Um, the number one team in the country, Texas, it might not be number one after this week or after losing to Texas State, but we'll find out. They go to South Carolina, so they're going to be in Columbia. They got the Gamecocks this weekend. Um, Gonzaga playing Long Beach State. That should be a good one. Long Beach State was ranked coming into the beginning of the year. They fell off the map just a little bit after beating Mississippi State and it taking it to the returning national champs. But that should be a good game if the Dogs can continue to play as good a baseball as they do basketball. Florida State, Wake Forest, that should always be a good game. Those are two regional competitors as well. And Florida State is ranked number eight in the country. So I think that pretty much wraps out how the rest of the weekend will go for college baseball. A lot of big three-game series. And um, if you want to find out more, you got the No Place Like Home podcast on good old YouTube that we can dive more in-depth to some of those games. Before we jump sports here, wanted to list the top ten for those keeping track at home, Tennessee number ten. This is uh, D1 baseball top five, top twenty-five rankings chart as of March the seventh, so a couple of days back. Texas, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Stanford, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, Florida State, Notre Dame, and Tennessee, according to that ranking in the top ten. You talked about some others, but 
Uh, Gonzaga rounding out the top 25. Um, Arizona, number 16, notably in there as well. Liberty, number 14. Uh, LSU, number 12. So you segued pretty well there, like the professional podcast that we are, to some <laughs> March Madness <laughs> basketball. and Boom! Another night of... Um, early tournament games for a lot of teams as uh, you know you look at some of the conferences going on Gonzaga wins another speaking of teams that are just crazy good uh, they win the West Coast tournament knocking off St. Mary's 82-69 that game from yesterday it's almost time for brackets one of the best times of the year Gonzaga led oh, by yeah. 10 at the half St. Mary's could be a uh, interesting team as a uh, you would think they would get in, but I mean, St. Of... Mary's usually does. I mean, they have, mm. they've been just the kind of team that either hits right on that bubble or they break into the top 20 or they break into that um, top 64 pick pretty evenly. I think uh, the last few years they've been either like 10 or below or 10 or like above that seating. So they should still get in with a 24 and six ranking. So um, I wouldn't have much to worry about on that side. Other conference tournaments, Northeast Conference, Bryant and Wagner. Uh, Bryant rolls Wagner, but I guess from briefly looking at some uh, Twitter about this game, there was a brawl in the stands that actually put the game on about a 20-minute delay. So not a great look there in a game that wasn't really all that close anyway. Uh, Summit League, South Dakota State beat North Dakota State 75-69. And uh, you look at the rest before today is a bunch of tournament games but uh, big sky mountain west acc atlantic 10 swac uh pac 12 tournaments all getting underway uh syracuse whomped florida state in the uh, 8-9 acc game 96 57 it's that time of the year for floor er, for syracuse oh yeah they make the that run they make that run, they get to that 11 play-in game, they win that game, they win a tournament game or two. It's about that time of the year again. I remember that because I, I think I was the only one that said, yeah, I think Syracuse, just the way that they were, they were playing that year, I had them at least in the Sweet 16, and man, did they just tear it up in the tournament. But they've always been a team, if they're, if they're coming in with like a little bit of a, a streak in the ACC tournament coming in, losing they're going to be right back to it other notable games uh, we'll look at there's there's a lot to look at here nevada beat new mexico in the eighth nine game in the mountain west uh texas southern beat jackson state 54 50 rhode island beat duquesne 79 70 in the 8 10 tournament again obviously these seeds these are still really early on in the tournaments uh, Oregon looks good in a win over Oregon State in the 12-5 matchup, 86-72. Uh, Nebraska, well, they're done. They lost already. They lost nope. to Northwestern, 71-69. Tough go of it for the old Cornhuskers who wrap up the season an amazing 10-22. 10-22 with a couple of big wins at the end of the year. but yep. I mean, Still didn't get to where you wanted to be. Yeah, that, they, and they signed Hoiberg for another year, so we'll see how that one goes. Don't know how to feel about that, but nonetheless, you know, there you go. Uh, other Big Ten game that happened, uh, Penn State beat Minnesota in the 11-14 game. Vanderbilt beat Georgia in the SEC 11-14 game, 86-51 
it's kind of amazing. You look at these low seeds, a lot of them aren't even these close games. Uh, upset special in the war. Oh, I lost my spot. In yeah. the, well, Iona lost. That was the ups- oh. upset special. Oh, Ryder. Ryder beat Iona in the MAAC tournament. UMBC is alive in the American East tournament, Go beating Terriers. Hartford by 20. Uh, Vermont in the American East tournament as well beat uh, Binghampton 74 to 42. Again, another snoozer of a game. That's tough. Virginia Tech. <laughs> Over Clemson, 76-75. They had, Solid no, that game went into overtime. Clemson only scored, or Clemson scored nine points in overtime. Virginia Tech with that ten to give them the wow, the win there. That that would have been a really good game to watch. St. John's absolutely throttled DePaul <laughs> in the Big East, 92-73. <laughs> Another doozy, if you will. Oh yeah. Conference USA, Louisiana Tech beats Marshall by ten. Uh, looking at the ACC, Virginia hangs on for dear life against Louisville. Uh, they trailed by four at the half, 24-20, came back with 31 second-half points. Good defensive game for both teams, uh, quite frankly, in that one, 51-50 the final. Virginia always plays good defense, and that's why, like, the last couple of years, I've had them go really far, just because they've had a team where their defense has only allowed 54 points a game. I think was like the average over the last couple of years. So I would, they might not make the NCAA tournament or if they do, they're going to be a bubble team, but I would still pick them in a couple of games with their, just as good as their defense is. In the big East Seton Hall beats Georgetown 57, 53 in the, the whack. It's Sam Houston over California Baptist 65, 35. I mean, a lot of rough ones uh, there, but you do start getting into some more of your, uh, more top teams in these Big Ten, ACC, Big East, A-10 tournaments starting tomorrow, which is when uh, Thursday. I definitely know what day of the week it is. Um, <laughs> Hawkeyes will take on Northwestern. Hawkeyes, you would think, knock on wood, would be poised to make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament. You would think with what they've done in the regular season, they'd be a uh, NCAA tournament team. First, you got to win a couple rounds in the Big Ten before you could really feel confident about that. Uh, Syracuse gets Duke. Hey, you know what? I I wouldn't be shocked to see Syracuse win this game, but you know Duke being Duke might just blow them out by thirty just for fun. Uh, Providence has Butler in the Big East tournament as well. Uh, one nine matchup there. And uh, yeah, you look at it. It's a lot of um, a lot of tournament basketball. Colorado, the four seed in the Pac-12, gets good old Oregon. The road to the dance starts now for the Buffs. Boom! I always love that road to the dance. As uh, Colorado takes on Oregon, and I mean, Colorado this year got thumped by Oregon once. Yeah, they split with Oregon February third at Colorado. Lost by 15, 66, 51. A few days earlier on the 25th of January, went to Oregon and won 82, 78. So I guess that's one of those games that it's kind of anybody's guess of what goes there. I mean, being partial to Colorado, I will say it's hard to go against Oregon just because 
The Ducks are really good. Colorado 20 and 10. Chad Boyle got things going going well down there in good old Colorado. So see what they can do with the tournament. Uh, they they did put a good wampin on Arizona the other day, uh, holding the Wildcats to 26 in the second half uh, after trailing by five. And, you know, man, maybe that'll be enough to push them into the big dance. Similar to Iowa, you gotta got to play a couple games here before you can really start uh, worrying about that. But there you go. Again, yeah. first four, March 15th and 16th. That's going to be, by the time this podcast is released, uh, that's next Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, yeah. We'll First see. round, 17th and 18th, Thursday and Friday, two days where no one's paying attention to anything at all. Yes, sir. And then the weekend of the 19th and 20th is second round. Following week is Sweet 16 and Elite 8. Final four on April the 2nd and title game April 4th. So we'll have time to get a bracket episode out, won't we? Um, Just enough time? Yeah, we're going to have to guesstimate that depending on when we record on Wednesday, that Wednesday the 16th, that first yeah. four game. But typically, unless it's Syracuse or UCLA, that first four teams don't typically go very far anyway. I guess Oregon, well, maybe Oregon State wasn't even a first four team last year. Yeah. But, I yeah, mean, we hey, should. I'll still... I went perf. I went four for four in those first four games last year to start off my so bracket. When you do, and that helped immensely. When you do brackets, you count the first four as points towards your picks. We did last year in our suite just because we wanted to make it interesting. And last wow. year, we did a full bracket, so you had all four playing games. We had um, we did all the tiebreaker points. And then we even did an NIT tournament bracket as well. That's, and we did two brackets. That's a fun one, too. We did too, two yeah. brackets each. Yeah, we I did. We did a throwaway uh, bracket where it was upsets, and then we did just a true nitty-gritty, like, submit for the $1 million. And we did that for both. And I did the NIT, I think I think I only had one Final Four team in and then <laughs> lost in the championship. But – um. In the in my other bracket, I did, I think I did pretty well because I had Baylor and Gonzaga going for the final, and I had I think I was only three points off the tiebreaker. Well, we're gonna have to think about doing a uh, women's March Madness. I know that gets Ooh, over. I, I know that gets overshadowed like crazy this time of the year, but there are some really really good women's basketball teams too. I did an NAIA bracket uh, when I was still in college. That uh, the second time I did it. I got a whole lot more right, and this is this is a joke I can make now. At the time, it wasn't funny, and it's still not amusing to some degree, but that's when COVID hit. So there was, like, the first round was only, like, halfway played. So I had, like, oh. half of those games, but, you know, we'll never know the rest of the way. So that could have been the most perfect bracket I ever made, and I'll never know. Yeah, wow. we would have to do a women. Those women's games are fun though, because like especially they've had a lot. Those of first in the last round years. games in the women's tournament are hilarious because there's so many that are so bad in the first round though. And then it just starts weeding it out, and then it gets better mangled. and better and better. Yeah, well, by the time you get to the like Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight, they're good, but the first two rounds typically are just oh, the teams get mangled. But yeah, Hawkeye like, women. I, Hawkeye women won the Big Ten tourney. They're gonna be there. I mean, that that's a 
that's a good team there. Nation's leading scorer somehow is the, it's in, it's a oh question of whether she's the you know the player of the season. Uh, I'm not wording that quite right. I don't think, but you know, I don't know the, the player know. of the yeah, year. I don't really know. I mean, somehow it's a there discussion of whether she's the player of the year or not. I I mean, when you can throw the basketball from the parking lot and make it at the clip she's making these threes in, I mean, oh, uh, yeah. when you're she's scoring nuts. 35 points a game or whatever it is now, I mean, how is this even a question? She's beating LeBron. Like, she's on a list entitled with LeBron as well. So, I yeah. mean, Iowa, Iowa found a good – a good guard there and I mean we talked or you said it too and like I just want to kind of reiterate back to this I think it's really funny and it's it's just a complete difference on how men's March Madness is just such a nail biter through and through but women's March Madness it's like almost the first round is expected to go as planned and then once you start getting into the big top 25 teams and you start getting into the main killers on the league then you, it just goes absolutely insane but you, it's like that first like you said that first round is just eh you almost have to wait till, like I said, Sweet 16 to Elite 8 to get – I mean, there's some middle-of-the-road teams by the round of 32 that, okay, like your 4-5 or, or your whatever upset gets to play next round. But like you said, the men's tournament, you are just so wide open top to bottom. And, I mean, it got even more open once UMBC beat Virginia. I mean, everybody, I think, had a sneaking suspicion at some point a 16 was going to rear up and get a one. Like it's only it natural. Was what that, was it? 150, was it 150 games where that hadn't happened yet or something like yeah, that? I think it was, I want to say 154 somewhere in there where mm-hmm. it was, it's, it's not, I mean, naturally when you play in these teams that come out of like the big, whatever the conference, uh, UMBC is in, we just talked about it, but those lower conferences, I mean, it's natural that that's not going to happen all the time. But now that it's seen it, it's in the back of everybody's mind when you're making that bracket of, hey, maybe this is like 215 there for a while. It was every year one or two two seeds was going to get bounced in that first round, like Middle Tennessee beating Michigan State. It's like the 4 and the 11 is one there as well, Mm. or like 5 and 11, whatever, however the math adds up on that. Yeah, yeah, your 5, 2, and 4, 11 matchups are super interesting now, yeah. Oh yeah, I always pick at least two upsets, and I guarantee I get like maybe half of both of those upsets right, just because it's like you can't bet against it. You can easily bet against those teams that it's like yeah, there's unless you play just completely awful, you will throttle the other team. And Michigan State, Middle Tennessee, Florida Gulf Coast. Yep, Duke is, is another and, one. Uh, Duke's had it done to him a couple times. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, LaSalle, was, LaSalle was one that got Duke. Uh, Arkansas Little Rock. Oh, my God. Don't even talk about that. Freaking Purdue. What the hell? How that you, was well, such okay. a choke job. I think it was that same year. I was sitting in an auditorium, and we were having a large group discussion back in high school um, during history. And everybody is watching either the Arkansas Little Rock game or they're watching the um, – UAB at, or Iowa State game. Oh my god! And I had Iowa State in my Final Four that year. Oof. All of a sudden, oh, it was bad. 
Because everybody, everybody that I talked to was like, oh, yeah, Iowa State should be in the Final Four, no problem. Like, Niang's going to carry him all the way there. He's going to backpack him all the way through Western freaking Europe. You would have thought, here, yeah. here comes UAB. The Dragons just go, we're going to f- just light you on fire and piss you off so bad. And then here it goes. And, and that, I my think, friends, is why ugh. making brackets is so much fun. They're two teams <laughs> that any other day of the year you don't give a shit how they do. But for this one particular time period, you make a bracket and you're – I mean, I, when I say no one's paying attention, no one's paying attention. It's like oh, yeah. those two days of the year should just be blocked off and say, you know what, here you go. It's a new holiday. Just, just say. Yep. Well, and then like the, plus about- the other one of this is you get um, – I lost my thought where I was going there. Um. Yeah, I lost my thought. So you can you can roll with whatever you've, you've you were gonna say. Well, I was gonna say we talked about it. Syracuse, they were what an eleven seed that year where they went to the Sweet Sixteen, just out of mm. and it wasn't even out of nowhere. Syracuse is a totally different team come March, and a lot of teams are. They are Syracuse, the St. Louis Cardinals of March Madness. Oh my goodness, they they just turned it on and ran with it. Well, uh, Davidson is another team. When Steph Curry was on the Wildcats. I had never heard of Davidson, and I filled out my bracket, and my mom was like, why are you picking Davidson? They're so low. And I was like, I don't know. It's just a team that I wouldn't expect. And sure enough, I was sitting there watching games on weekends, and Davidson and Curry were going nuts. It's like those small teams that you expect on an upset, the one games that you pick where it's like this this game might be an upset. You look through the stats or you just take a wild guess because it's the number of the teams and it happens, it's the most exciting and just, oh, it's so satisfying. And speaking of numbers, it's that time of the podcast where we talk about good old Ray's energy. Use the code word COVID20 for 15% off. That's two great, great transitions. So, yeah, there you go. March Madness basketball, it's coming up. We're doing brackets. We're going to talk about it in, uh, is that next week's show already? That is uh, next week's show already. (laughs) So it's right around the corner. We'll have plenty of I mean, brackets are going to be made, you know, bets are going to be made across this great nation. Oh, yeah. Just remember, folks, do not chase your bet. I, uh, oh, no. I mean, you hear all the commercials about it. I mean, betting sports is a lot of fun, frustrating at times, but a lot of fun. Uh, so just keep that in mind. That's our nice little PSA here on the Covert Show. And, you know, with that, we're going to change gears completely with our next conversation we talked about it towards the end of the podcast last time but we talked some pokemon the new pokemon uh starters came out so that kind of uh we couldn't pronounce them for to save our asses at all last week nope and you know we were reading through some here pre-show while we were you know settling on what order we were going to do things here and you know this was there's a bunch that I still can't pronounce, but so we've set up two teams of six. Now, granted, mine, I think, you know, and I feel like this is probably anybody's, but, you know, they are going to float. They're going to change. But this is as of right now, as I sit here talking to Nick at 11.41 p.m. Central Time on the 9th of March. wanted to say April there, but it's March. So we've got two sets of teams here. we got a six-team or a six-Pokemon team of 
non-starters, and then we're doing a starters only. And at least for me, I did the final evolution of all these because I just thought it'd be easier. So I think we should go as well. Pokemon by Pokemon. Uh, so you are going to say one. I'm going to say one. Go through here, and then we'll see who's got the better team. I'll let you decide whether you want to start starters only or non-starters only. And for the non-starters, I'll, I'll... we have been uh, two legendaries was what we went with. Yeah, I'll go starters, and I'm going to name just just to kind of help out the people there. I'm going to give the types as well for to help out the crowd and help out my picks. So I'm going to start out with my first starter, uh, or not starter, but for the dream team, I've got Dragonite, who is dragon and flying. And I have the multi-movies have been made about it. The legendary Pokemon of Mewtwo, Psychic, Unstoppable Beast. There you go. (laughs) All right, so, I mean, hey, he... You can't go wrong with that pick ever you in sure the history can. of Pokemon. <laughs> but, all right, so my next one, it comes, oh, man, I got to find it. It comes from the good old, I think this was Gen, it's Gen 3. But I've got Metagross, the Steel and Psychic type. So mine, I, and we kind of talked about this beforehand, but mine goes from really good to head-scratching, probably, all for right. most but I pick Pokemon that I personally like. And oh, yeah. with the second selection, and this Pokemon will die and be revived so much in any battle ever. You know, if you're going against the Elite Four, this thing will get croaked probably multiple times, I would say. But we're going with a flying grass insect type. Uh, no, free. bug type. There we go. No, close. Beedrill. Oh, okay. That's Unexpected. Not- I was going to say, I thought Butterfree would be, but no, Beedrill's a solid pick. It will get wiped with the ground with pretty much anything anybody's top six six has, but, you know, it's one of those Pokemon, like Mewtwo. Mewtwo, Beedrill, you know, this is the team of, like, it's it's a mix of, like, what I would want in my starting six and, like, Pokemon that I think are cool. So there you go. Yeah. All right, my second one, also it comes from that Gen 3 once again. This is probably my only grass type that's on here, but I got to go with a starter Pokemon from Gen 3, and that's Sceptile. I had one back when Emerald was a um, It was like Emerald, Sapphire, and Ruby. Mm. I think it was, but uh, I had Sceptile, and he was a killer. Just stealthy, grass, love him. So it's interesting you put a starter in your starting six because I did too. But I'm not going to get to that one right now. Number three for me is good old uh, the fire type Arcanine. Can't go wrong with it. Ooh. The solid attack, you know, the underrated attack is bite. Man, it's one it learns oh, early. It's when you get all those, when you're starting out the game, you know, not so much card game-wise, but when you're starting out the game and all these Pokemon, when they're really, really um, – uh, the name of the the uh, pre-evolutions escaping my mind here. Uh, Gr- uh, Growlithe. Growlithe. There you go. That bite is pretty pretty it stout so at much. the beginning because every other Pokemon knows stupid attacks that don't really do anything. I mean, yeah, they move your attacks and all this around, but doesn't do damage per se. Where bite, 
it does damage, so that's number three for mine. Well, and especially since it's, I think it was a dark type attack, like you run into a lot of water type gyms, or you run into like a lot of fighting, and like fire doesn't work, tackle doesn't work, quick attack. I mean, now you got bite, and that helps you get through so much. But Arcanine was definitely one of my favorite Pokemons growing up of all time. There you like, go. Just so, so cool. All right, what are we on? We're on number four now? Number four. All right, number four comes from the good old Generation 4. And this was was tough because I wanted to put another starter, but I was like, you know what? I have him on my starting list, but I got to add another Dragon type and I got to add a Ground type. I'm going to go with good old Garchomp because playing the game, watching the show, like Garchomp, excuse me, looks awesome. He's getting emotional about Garchomp. Oh, dude, looks so badass, but he's a he's a stud. So Garchomp is my number four on that. Number four, and this Pokemon would vary depending on whether we could put in just uh, the unevolved Pokemon that you use all the different stones to evolve in Eevee or not. And I went with Jolteon here. You know, you like to have a nice electric type, electric type. Um, you know, I think Flareon would be another one you could throw in here that would be pretty solid. But since I thought it was a little cheesy to put Eevee in just because, you know, it evolves to nine different things depending on, you know, what stone you give it. Jolteon's mm-hmm. my number four. Probably of the four I've listed, it's probably the third best. I think is probably the worst of the four so far. But, you know, I think uh, it... <laughs> It would be a solid pick. You know, you can kind of fluctuate with, depending on what your other five are, what, uh, which evolution, if you will, uh, you pick. There you but go. Jolteon would be number four for this guy. I like it. All right. My number five and my last two are legendaries, but I'm going to start out with good old Rayquaza. Mm. It, he's... He's a solid one because he can still learn electric attacks as well, if I remember right from Emerald, which was his game. So you can still have an electric with it, which is good, but he's a dragon and a flying, so that also helps. So my number five is a legendary as well, the final of two, and we're going with the legendary Firebird Ho-Oh for the simple reason of the – I'm sure this is not the actual name of the attack, but essentially the good old – Phoenix Returns, where this thing can, you know, essentially come back from the dead. Uh, this is between, uh, I want to say, Entai's one and uh, Ho-Oh's the other one here in the card game that can actually, like, revive itself from the discard pile. So a couple of legendary things going on there for, a, you know, legendary Pokemon. So Ho-Oh, number <laughs> five for my team as well. All right, so... I'm going to have to go with that same generation, JC, because I'm going to go through the Gen 1 on that side. Or that would be Gen 2, isn't it? Yeah, that's Gen 2. But I'm going to go with the all-powerful Lugia mm. as my final one. Because I was like, I was sitting Nobody here thinking, I was like, all right. Good old Arceus. That spoils my last pick. I didn't think about this till right now. But nobody took Arceus and nobody took Dialga, the god Pokemon or the time-controlling Pokemon. I mean, we did talk because you picked Arceus, right, for your last one. No, I did not. I already have my oh. two, my two oh, yeah, legendaries. You did have your legendaries, 
But, I mean, we talked about it. Like, I feel like you can have your dream team, yeah, and, like, definitely would just win every battle. But, like, where's where's the fun in that? Like, Arceus, you can literally just send him out and he kills all six, no problem. Dialga, you can literally wipe back in time to when you had all of your Pokemon healthy. <laughs> so, I mean, you're you're sitting there strategizing this entire thing without without even breaking a sweat and everybody's sitting there shaking in their boots so i mean i feel like it's a little unfair but so yeah there you go that's um belugia for number six pretty solid uh solid selection there for you yes sir and finally for number six you may have noticed i haven't had a water type yet and because i can't you know i'm very unoriginal apparently but (laughs) The number six team, or number six Pokemon for my team, going to Blastoise. I mean, there's a lot of Solid. stout water attacks there. Um, you know, this team, as mine breaks down, two fire, a grass bug type, which isn't very good, electric water, and then psychic is how my team breaks down. I mean, you, you got to have at least one water type on your team, I would say. Oh, yeah, you, you have to. I mean, you got to learn surf. So, boom. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, there All you right, go. That's so now... the non-starters for both sides. So, if these two teams were to battle with my Mewtwo, Beedrill, Arcanine, uh, Jolteon, Ho-Oh, and Blastoise, and then your team, early thoughts, who would who would take the dub city with this one? Ooh. See, I've got like three. I've got three flying types. I've got two psychics. I I do have a grass type. Oh, so you don't have any fire types? I oh. I do not. I picked a lot of dragon types because I picked a dragon lot that had, um, are a dragon types are a challenge. I picked a lot of guys who had because um, I the reason I picked Metagross was he uh, hyper beam was a big thing of his or there was another uh, beam attack that Metagross always just killed people with. So I picked a lot of power on mine and two speed guys. So I feel like pound for pound, besides your Beedrill pick, I think it would be pound for pound a pretty even fight. Because, I mean, you would have – I would probably pick Lugia against Mewtwo, and that would be a just absolute grudge match. Yeah, I mean, Beedrill, you kind of can see it as, you know, like whatever <laughs> your worst Pokemon is. Like, I mean, maybe – maybe he would come in and say, you know, do a 75% damage where he'll leave whatever the second Pokemon is or whatever's left for, you know, on my team at that point. Like, they're just going to have to come in and, like, clean it up. But if it's yeah. not that, I mean, Beedrill's such a a non, like, you know, look at a strategy-wise, is not a great move. But, you know, you got to throw – a Sometimes you got to throw Pokemon you like in there. Like you said, I mean, you want to go put six teams or a, a team of six Arceuses, you'll never lose. Oh, yeah. No one will want to match up with you either. So, yeah, they'll never level up. So, uh, yeah, now it's time for the main event. An intriguing six team, or I keep saying six teams, six Pokemon team <laughs> of starters only. And we're going to see, before we jump into this, we're going to see how respected grass-type starters are. Because I am very intrigued to see uh, how that settles out. But uh, 
I'm going to open up with my first one here. Go for it. The first one of the starters-only selection for me is good old Typlosion from the Cyndaquil uh, Pokemon Gold, Silver, Crystal, Heart Gold, Soul, Silver era. Uh, Typlosion, the fire type, is uh, what I'm starting with. I like that pick. You match up against Charizard. From Gen One all the way from Charmander, you can't you, you can't go. not go wrong with a Charizard, one of the most powerful of just all time, of just normal Pokemon, not legendary, but like just. But yeah, that's my pick number one. I tend to agree with that. I'm going to stick with the Fire type for my second Pokemon. Good old Blaziken. This is out of the Torchic evolutionary scale evolutionary run whatever you want to say ruby sapphire emerald omega ruby alpha sapphire that era um the hoenn starter if you will so typlosion blaziken both fire pokemon to start out my uh team with dude we picked the same one wow <laughs> dude i had a blaziken when i played that game Absolute. That stomp move is. He's a fighting type. He's quick too with the Mm -hmm. fire. Yep. All right. Wow. We are doing great. No respect for grass types so far, and that's not going to change for me. As uh, (laughs) good old Swampert, I got to remember. That's from Gen Three as well. That's the Mudkip. That's the opposite of uh, the Blaziken, a water type. Again, from the Hoenn starter pack, that's Ruby, Sapphire. We just talked about it. But Mudkip to uh, Swampert is my third pick. Fire, fire, water so far for mine. I'm going to have to go with the same thing, but I got a fire, wow. fire, water, and steel, and I picked um, Empoleon from Gen mm, 4, yep. the evolutionary form of Pimplon. That is a solid <laughs> solid pick there. and So three for three on both sides of just sheer disrespect for the grass type. That train ends right here, buddy boy. Same. The Kanto starter from Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, Fire Red, and Leaf Green, Venusaur. There you go. Solid grass type there. It's I'm going to have to go. a pretty basic pick, but hey, you know, got to put one grass type in there at least. I picked a grass type as well, and I'm going back to Sceptile, the evolutionary form of Trico from Gen 3 in the Hoenn. Because, I mean, you so, can't go wrong, because he, he can do some poison moves, and so can Venusaur. So, I mean, that would be a that would be a heavyweight match right there. So, for those keeping track, we have had now, between the two of us, all three of the Hoenn starters have been used. Only one of the Johto starters and... All three of the Kanto starters, and we haven't wandered outside of uh, Sinnoh. There's been one from the Sinnoh region, but we haven't gone to um, further than that yet. So my fifth pick, you said it earlier. I was waiting to backload the team a little bit here to see if we can get a <laughs> tactical advantage. The fifth selection from the Kanto region, Kanto starter. Got to go with good old Charizard. You said it earlier. If you're having six Pokemon, there's obviously going to be room for Charizard in the six. Mine just happens to be at number five instead of number one or two, wherever yours was at. I'm going to have to – you're going to get a little bit of a 
Oh, I would say a challenge if we were matching up head for head because I'm going to go with a Generation 5 starter, and that is Samurott, the evolutionary form of good old Oshawott. Ooh, Big, powerful water type. That would be a uh, intriguing matchup for sure. Oh, yeah. So there you go. There's like the first noticeable tactical advantage. Although, well, who is to say that my first four would already be done and they'd be going head to head? I mean, well, we had a bla- we had a Blaziken Blaziken match. So I mean, that would just be a whoever <laughs> gets a stomp in at the end <laughs> and you're done. Add so, a couple of flame kicks and a fire blast there. Oh fire man, fire blast. So. In the final selection of the six uh, Pokemon team here for starters only, got boring towards the end, sticking in the Kanto region and going with good old water-type Pokemon, Blastoise. We're gonna have a, um, we're gonna have a little bit of a misconception again, and we're gonna get a little bit more respect from a. A type that doesn't get used, but I used it wow. a lot because I just love I love the little form in Chikorita, but I'm going with uh, Meganium. Oof. I don't know about that pick. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. So for full disclosure, for those of you listening and wondering, Pikachu, Eevee, all the, uh, you know, Marill was a starter. Uh, Ralts for Rival Wally, all these other ones. We just went with the main three. Yep. Yeah, Blastoise rounds out the list because I'm going to tell you right now, if Eevee was on this list, Eevee or Eevee would have been allowed to be picked. Eevee would have been in there. Uh, I think there's a decent argument for putting a Pikachu in there just for the type change, but again, Eevee can kind of do that for you anyway. But so in conclusion, three fires. Two waters and one grass for me. Typlosion, Blazik, and Charizard, the three fire. Swampert and Blastoise, the water. And good old Venusaur checking in. The only grass type that I put on these starting six from starters only. And I had two, two, and two. I had Charizard and Blaziken wrapping out my fire. I had Empoleon and I had uh, Samurott rounding out that kind of water type. And then I had two grass. My two favorite, Sceptile, and then I have uh, Magneum. I was either going to put Magneum or I was going to put uh, Torterra. Mm. I picked a little bit of a quicker. Torterra, um, that's an interesting one, too. Yeah, well, he's got ground, but I was like, I kind of want a little bit more speed with a grass type and one that's got more of kind of like a hyper beam because I know that Chikorita's evolutionary form used hyper beam a lot. So I kind of went on a lot of my past knowledge. I'm trying to look here because I had an interesting <laughs> just kind of question what would be your most underrated evolution oh man that is a um great question i i think that's a tough one because they've got so they've got the eight of them nine of them flareon i don't know it's hard so what are we considering underrated though because, I mean, Jolteon and Flareon are probably the top. Maybe even Vaporeon's in there, too, for the top. So, Glaceon, maybe, being a solid ice type. I'm trying to think like of the, the attacks. I mean, maybe even Espeon would be decent, too. I mean, I'm out on Leafeon, in case you haven't gathered from this podcast that... Le- 
grass types. Not, grass not, types are not the power move for this guy. They can be helpful in the first in like one of the first two gyms. Otherwise, you get kind of rocked. <laughs> but it's always good to have one in you're, there. I don't think I ever went anywhere without one. You're kind of better doubling up with either fire or water, to be quite honest. Oh yeah. And I have B drill in my starting six of like you know the air quote dream team. But that's more just for entertainment value than actually, you know, thinking mm-hmm. that that Pokemon's going to carry you to the title because it's not. But I was going to say, if there was one EV evolution that I would maybe throw in there that wouldn't be from the first three, I would probably go with an Umbreon just because it's a yeah. dark, dark Pokemon. And they get dark Pokemon to me are very underrated because they they can't get hurt by a lot unless it's a ghost or a psychic. But who's carrying around a ghost or a psychic all the time? And now you got a dark Pokemon that can get in there. It also knows bite. That's a solid one there. Uh, seeing what I could find out about Espeon here. Psychic um, type. It's psychic. Gender ratio, according to Bulbapedia, fun fact, 87.5% of them are males. So Dang. I, I guess that's the thing. I don't know how anybody would possibly know that, but... Um, yeah, I think that's the one that you could again, it's I just don't know if it's underrated or not. But yeah, I would I have think... to go with Espeon or either Glaceon cuz ice types, I mean, a lot of people don't use ice types typically. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. But I mean, first choice is Jolteon or Flareon. Oh, 100%. Like But that's my er, that's my early generation bias too. Yep, that that's shows the generation through. that I so so there's just for the fans that are kind of listening that want to actually care about the evolutions here so the ev evolutions go like this you get vaporeon with a water stone jolteon with the thunder flareon with the fire stone then you can get um high friendship in the daytime you get an espion you get high friendship at nighttime and i think you can do it with a dark stone as well mm. to get umbreon and then with a uh near mossy rock or i think with a grass stone you could even do it too leafeon and then ice um, or rocks, you get Glaceon. And then there's one more evolution that came through, and that was um, Sylveon. Sylveon. Fun fact about the fairy-type Pokemon. If you look at it, you don't think this necessarily, but that's also so the evolutions must have a gender ratio of 87.5% male to 12.5% female because Sylveon is in that same category. I didn't even know that the fairy type was an actual thing. Oh, yeah, and the new ones, it definitely is. Well, because Togekiss is on this list, because I just clicked on it, and I'm on Poke, Pokemon MB like you are, and Togekiss always was a flying type for me. It was never a fairy. Well, I think that changed when it got to the newer... Uh, my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Times have changed, my friend. Xerneas, the Pokemon X and Pokemon, or I think it was Pokemon X or Pokemon Y, something like that. But Xerneas, the legendary, that's a fairy type. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anyone's but other you, than I know. Uh, quick look at Sylveon. Weak Clefairy. to poison and steel, immune to dragon, which is interesting, and resistant to fighting, bug, and dark. I think a lot of Pokemon are probably resistant to bug. But anyway. Yeah. Whoa, 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 hold on here. It can so do not- bite, copycat, takedown, 
disarming voice. I thought for sure there'd be a charm of some kind on here. But... Oh, yeah. It's disarming. Nope. Oh, here you go. Draining kiss. There you go. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has to be one of my favorite Pokemon of all time, and I don't know why, but throw it back to Gen 1. You get Vulpix. You get the evolution of Ninetales. I yes. absolutely love Ninetales. It is just... It looks so freaking cool. But they have... It's called the... And again, this shows how much just out of Pokemon I am. But there's an Alion Vulpix, so it's a white Vulpix, and oh, it evolves yeah. into a white Ninetales, which yep. is an ice and a fairy type Pokemon. What the hell? Oh man, we're gonna have to make Pokemon a new part of this podcast then. I love this, dude. I'm seeing all the stuff. <laughs> Learning all kinds of new stuff, one generation at a time. I love it. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, there Down you go. The rabbit holes. It's um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. They got those new games coming out, and a small part of me wanted to go out and buy a Switch just to play it, and I don't know that I'm going to because that's so much money. <laughs> that's that's yeah. It's, but it's not something you're talking to a guy that's never had an actual game in the era that it was played. So like with this. Like, if I was to buy this gaming system for Scarlet and Violet, it'd be, like, 10 years from now. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. So, but that's just the way she goes. And, uh, you know, again, that Culvert 20 can get you 15% off raise energy. I was just about to We've say that. I was going to mention like 10 it years twice before you know, 10 years from now. This will still be a part of this great, great show. By then we'll be on, you know, be on the radio some, producing this. Some uh, good old pirate radio, pirate internet radio station. <laughs> Guess there's technically internet stations that are pirate stations. So I don't want to insult anybody that's thinking about putting us on the old uh, internet, but we love it. But yeah, there you go. No one picked the new for starting three of Fuecoco, Quaxley, and Sprig. Sprigato, Sprigatti Tito. Didn't say that last one right and probably never will, but I don't even have them. I don't have them on Pokemon MB right now. But I guess well, I'm on Pokemon.fandom, so Oh there you go. The fandom's got it got it down tight, dude. I'm just looking at some of these Pokemon from the Gen 8. They had they literally had a grass type that was a monkey in Rollaboom, and the Gronky was the first form of that. They had Score Bunny as a fire type. What kind of, what do you, a bunny? Like, granted, we got away with a chick, like a little chicken, but it was a Blaziken evolution, and it looked <laughs> badass. This is a bunny! Uh... Like, Baneary, Baneary evolved into a big, tall bunny, but that was just like a love Pokemon. And then you get a Sobble. It literally looks like, and I think we talked about this earlier, it looks like a Mudkip already. But oh, then yeah, you throw they, it... they're not exactly getting any more creative with some of these well and then you throw it down to an inteleon and it looks like a chameleon it doesn't look scary at all like i'd pick i'd pick the grass type in this just because the raw bloom looks freaking cool it looks like donkey kong got an upgrade in the jungle <laughs> oh my gosh uh, that and is... they copied they copied a rhyhorn with like a colot that they literally called it colossus or colossal Colossus. Like, oh my! Yeah, I'm it's, just. Uh, 
one of those things. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, or this might just become a new segment. We got to figure out how to work it into every podcast we're talking about. Good old, maybe maybe that's what we'll just dial into more and more. But there's a lot of uh, interesting new ones. I mean, obviously, both of us are from, you know, the era of Gen 1 through Gen 4. And that's yep. probably about it. But, I hit Gen 5 a little bit. Man, there, I think outs, maybe Gen 5, that might be about it. But after that, kind of checked out for a while and then came back and wasn't exactly impressed the first time. And then came back the second time, you know, late, say left Gen 5, back Gen 7, left again, and then back for whatever this new Gen is. And Oh, yeah. Well, what website, what website are you on to find these? Well, there's several. I'm on Pokemon.com, the OG, if you will. Uh, there was Bulbapedia, which if you're looking for Pokemon information, that's a really good one. And then uh, any PokeWiki fandom. I mean, fandom does a good uh, good job with this sort of thing, too. It's got all the you know games, movies, TV, but a lot of good stuff to talk about there. I mean, next episode is uh, going to be an exciting one. We're going to be talking about the uh, March Madness bracket. The trash-talking guaranteed will be starting before, you know, the final, the oh, first four yeah. games are done. Uh, we'll also be uh, chatting with the uh, podcast maker of, uh, I'm going to make sure I get this podcast right, it's a uh, a hybrid podcast of leadership and Star Trek. I am excited to talk to him. Uh, it's the podcast goes by the name of Starfleet Leadership Academy. That's going to be in next week's show as well. I'll be talking. Just don't cheat on the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> I'll be uh, uh, sitting down and uh, talking with uh, good old Jeff, the creator of that podcast. It should be exciting. Uh, it'll be I don't know. It'll be an interesting conversation. We're getting a couple more guests down the line as well, but uh, trying to switch things up a little bit uh, from what we have been doing. So uh, there you go. Maybe maybe even get a hold of good old Damien. I know how much you and him really seemed to hit it off so great last time you guys were talking. You know, we see what we can get for guests down the line. And with that, unless you have anything to add, I think – we are going to be wrapping her up here for the uh, Covert Show, episode number twenty-four. Yeah, I think we're I think we're all good. I think we covered everything. There we go. So it was a we it was a lot that we covered. We got a lot done. Again, you can follow the show at the Covert Show on Twitter. We have a Facebook page, uh, the Covert Show as well. Email us thecovertshow at gmail dot com. Uh, we also got a TikTok page that I do a really poor job of putting stuff on. Um, but we have been putting clips of the podcast on there, so we'll we'll get cre- a little more creative with that maybe. But uh, that's where that is. And, uh, again, if you want to shout out the podcast you're on, uh, that baseball podcast, I mean, we're all about promoting other podcasts on this show as well. For sure. You can find me and three or two of my other friends. I said three in the other intro or the other night as well, but – you can find me, JD, and Mikey at No Place Like Omaha. That is on YouTube specifically, and then you can follow us on Twitter at Homapod or Omaha Pod, and then same name for TikTok at Omaha Pod as well. 
we just posted a couple of clips from our new shows. So we're we're going through that. We record Sunday and Monday nights, and then we uh, put new episodes out Wednesday mornings, anywhere between nine and noon, whenever I can get them edited. So yeah, we're ramping up production. The season's rolling through, and hey, we might be your new home for baseball if the MLB decides to keep closing us out. So there you go, Omaha Pod at TikTok and Twitter. No place like Omaha. Good old YouTube. Checks out. I don't want baseball to be canceled MLB wise, obviously, but nope. hey, you know, whatever you guys need to get that podcast rocking and rolling, <laughs> that would be fabulous. And with that, that is Covert Show number 23. Thank you for listening. For Nick, I'm JC. Once again, Covert Show number 23.